Full transparency. I understand the world better than anyone. There's sounds in the sky. The rapture is coming. Yeah. There's lizard people out there. We had a shop in Mormon when we lived in Mormon. Our family was in Mormon. Full fists are swinging by my face. I'm like, and then he would just kind of go on these little rants or tangent, tangent, whatever the word is. Nothing that's great in life is is easy, you know? Yeah. There's a nice quote that I feel like you're on your way to say. <laughs> New office space. Hey, yeah, try it out. I wonder how that's gonna go. Freshen up some new creativity, new environment. Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. We're in Ryan's like upstairs little office versus where we've always kind of done it in the basement. So a little change up. Yeah. Do you think that's good at the yeah right yeah that's good like that? Yeah. I just I want to lean back a little more. So so shit, man. We saw one of the biggest upsets in a while. Um, I don't always fully understand the odds, but so Israel Adesanya fought Sean Strickland last night for the title and i saw the odds for izzy were minus 600 favorite yeah does that mean if you bet a hundred dollars that you'd win six hundred dollars i believe so is that what that means i believe so um i've seen drake he because he always bets for israel See, almost a million dollars he lost yeah well he i think he lost 500k oh i thought i thought i saw it was like 900 and some thousand dollar bet that he lost i think izzy. i think he bet 500k and then if izzy won which obviously he was expecting he would have got another 400 and some thousand so huh. he would have walked away with nine something oh i see so he basically didn't wouldn't even have doubled his money if israel yeah, won but he was like so sure of it yeah. yeah and it's crazy like you me and kurt talked this week we're like think strickland has it and we were all like not a chance yeah we just couldn't see any way of him defeating him yeah you know and like, that's I the bet money on that like i had lost to josh naylor I owe him a free private lesson now. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just was like so certain, man. I was like, yeah, of course I'll take that bet. Well, and he, but that's the thing, because you knew he was going to stand toe to toe with him. He wasn't going to try to wrestle. He was just basically going to box. And there's, I was like, there's no way he's going to outbox Izzy. There's always the puncher's chance. That's always the risk. But what he did, stand toe to toe, and he had Izzy backpedaling the whole fight. He was just time. right in range, right in his face, five rounds, and just. Like, he was pretty quick and sharp with his movements and just those straight technical shots, eh? Do you know what I think won him that fight? Um, and I saw um, I saw somebody tweeted it or something, but I was thinking this as the fight was going. Defense won him that fight. Mm. Izzy couldn't land shit. Yeah. Think, like, I wonder how many times Izzy threw a low kick and over swung and missed because Izzy just barely pulled out a range. Or how many times Izzy um, threw his jab and missed and then threw his right hand and Sean Strickland blocked it with his left arm like this or like trapped it. Like, nothing was landing. He didn't have a scratch on him. Even at the end of the fourth round and in between rounds, you could hear Izzy being like, I can't find my jab. Like, I just can't find shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and like, when you watch Strickland walk forward, he's got such a weird style that Izzy just couldn't land, man. And the way that he was walking, he was almost walking up and checking all the low kicks. He'd block all the yeah. body kicks. Like, bro, like, very little strikes landed on Strickland. Yeah. And I was thinking, um, you know, like, Keith Jardine? I feel like a Sean Strickland is almost almost like a Keith Jardine in the sense that um, if, if you don't have the athleticism or like the um, the technique of a guy like Izzy or some of the top guys, you almost have to be unorthodox. Mm -hmm. Like that's almost their kryptonite. Yeah. Like to fight them with this weird style that like the rhythm's a little bit off, the timing's off, they're yeah. showing you weird looks, the jab's coming from the hip. Yeah. He's just, uh, yeah. So it's it, like awkward movements. Yeah, almost. Again, it's like obviously you probably would want the good technique, but if you lack it or don't have it to fight a guy like that, you almost have to be unorthodox. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. So yeah, because that's what that seemed like. I'm like, how is he just whooping Izzy's ass right now? And they say like all this guy does, Sean Strickland, is spar. And he's doing like 19, 20 rounds leading up to this fight. And I don't know if you've seen it, the open workout. Most people, you know, they hit pads. He just like brought a fan up and was just like sparring with them. <laughs> yeah. And I, was, I think the guy was a little taken back. He's like, what, this guy should just hit me. Because like he just, Sean just started like hitting him right in the jaw. Just like, what the fuck? But, um, <laughs> he's a different cat, man. Well, he even said right when you won, he's like, yeah, he's like, I lost a lot of brain cells to get this belt. Yeah. Because like just sparring yeah. all the time, man. And people say like there's always the gym stories of, that, you know, he looks very beatable, but if you're actually standing right. there with him and he's in your face, it's, you can't really, you know, put a word to it, but it, he's just like 
He's, he's just a nightmare. Yeah, that's the thing. Hey, it's really tough to judge somebody how they're going to do it, like that MMA math kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's tough to see how he does here, how he looks hitting pads, or how he looks in a sparring video. <laughs> Your dog's just fucking... She'll be done with that soon. That's her ball, and she yeah. licks the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I kind of thought what Alex Pereira did to Strickland is what Izzy would do to Strickland. But it's funny how uh, Strickland was training with Pereira leading up to this yeah. fight. Just shows what kind of guy Strickland yeah, is. Like totally. He's he's kind of like a loudmouth, like lippy, almost like a redneckish type guy, but like he's he's very serious about his training and he like getting good. Like to, to get knocked out by someone and then reach out to them being like, Hey, I wanna learn from you. Yeah. Like, w- like let's train together. Yeah. It takes a lot of I don't know, courage or just yeah. discipline to get better, the will to get better. I wanna get back to the card, but I just wanna stay on Sean Strickland for a second. So you did you finish the full send podcast? Yeah, him? I did. What, what do you think about him? What's your opinion of him? <laughs> he he almost reminds you kind of like um, a bit of like an Andrew Tate guy. Where sometimes when those types of guys talk so much, they're bound to say some reckless, stupid shit <laughs> mixed in with some gems. And I felt like uh, listening to that podcast, it was like a little bit of that where I'm like, dude, this guy is out to lunch or like what a lunatic. But then I'm like, yeah, fuck, that sounds like he's speaking facts right now. Man, he's growing on me. Yeah. I agree. I was thinking of like how important these disruptors are in culture right now, like an Andrew Tate, like a Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's a little bit, he's very discriminatory, very like racist. Like I don't, certainly don't agree with everything That's he what says. I mean, yeah. He's a little over the edge, but man, he speaks a lot of truth. Yeah. A lot of things he says are what people think, but are too scared to say. Right. And I love these disruptors who are coming in and they're not all about this. Oh, I might offend somebody. They're like, look. Let's call a spade a spade. I'm yeah. sick of this far, far, far left liberal agenda where everybody's walking on eggshells these days. Let's tell it how it is, you know, and got to respect it. it. It was kind of funny just how he called out um, the full send guys because he was, he was like, especially Steiny. Because Steiny's been getting roasted lately. And I, I like, I've always felt that with Steiny. He seems like kind of a sleazeball. He seems like the beta guy of the group who's a bit of a sleazeball. Yeah. Exactly and, like Sean said. And certain people that'll call him out, they just say it. And yeah. then he's kind of like smiling, but also being like, why do you say that? Like, why? Like, is it something I did? Like, yeah. give me an example. And they're just like, it's just your energy. There's something about you that and and his dad's like a really famous um successful lawyer okay so i don't know if you know it's like they say like a lot of lawyers like they kind of have that that um trade about them mm-hmm. and steiny's kind of growing up in that environment growing up wealthy that, yeah that's and a so big maybe, part of it and so sean strickland's calling these full send guys out like basically calling them like a the new age pussies of like like what what men aren't supposed to be yeah and he just says it right to their face yeah. and he's like look i'm not like knocking you guys that bad you just grew up in a different era like he's yeah. like i can't respect what you guys do He's like, your, your career choices don't demand my respect. You guys grew up pranking people, yeah. like goofing on people. And that's how you like got your fame. He's like, I, I grew up beating the shit out of full grown men. So he's like, when I walk into a room, there's a dirt, different kind of respect. And like, agree or not, it's just, he, it's just that he called him out right on the yeah. podcast, right out of the gate. Yeah. It was like the first conversation yeah. they had basically yeah. was like, I don't trust you. You're a sleazeball. You yeah. guys are kind of, I'm like, oh man. Man, you have to respect when somebody is like, he's not the kind of guy that talks shit behind people's back. He says it to your face. It's going to sting. Yeah. But you have to respect his honesty. And especially because like I, I, I do agree in the sense that like, you know, you look at what the full send guys do and some of it is funny, but some of it is disrespectful and it's annoying. And yeah. it is like you kind of are a clown to the world. Like, and hey, like a clout chaser. Yeah. Like, let me put this mask on and be a clown for you guys so that you like my shit and I, I blow up my brand. Like, yeah. I'm going to be a goof and just do stupid shit and disrespect people to grow my fame where it's like Sean Strickland, love him or hate him. He's in the gym working his ass off, like developing like, you know, um, yeah, just like an actual skill set. And so, yeah, it was just interesting with the commanding of respect. That was funny. And then one other thing about Sean, how funny, like just a different, different cat. And obviously his upbringing speaks to this, but you know, he asked him if they had gotten arrested and Kyle said something about a prank where they imitated being a security guard or something. It was illegal in one state. And Sean kind of chuckled. He's like, oh, he's like, we're way different. Like, this, he's like, you guys don't even understand. He's like, the kind of shit I would do when I was like 18, he's like, I would go for runs at midnight in like a bad part of the city just looking for like a homeless guy to just like beat the fuck up. Yeah. I'm like, man, this guy's like got some fucking screws yeah. loose. And that's one of those types of guys where it's like 
Thank God for martial arts. Because imagine a guy like that just walking around without the outlet 100%. of being able to spar every day and just train his ass off and have that outlet. And be successful. And like people need to know there's people like that out there that need outlets. Yeah. So it's like the more avenues and the more cities or towns have sports or boxing clubs, a wrestling club, Muay Thai gym. Yeah. It's like the more you can scoop those guys off the streets and yeah. get them out of trouble and like help them channel that fucking dark energy. Totally, man. Like I, I showed Aaron this video this morning because it was like um i think it was the press conference right after the fight and sean strickland is like um you know they're just like what what do you like you know you're the new champion like share your thoughts whatever and he just started laughing and he's like he's like oh man he's like thank god for child abuse and just like bad memories and like like because he just said he's like it made me who i am today like all these suppressed things that I've dealt with like and he's like thank god my dad just beat the shit out of me and like all this shit and he's like kind of joking but also like it did make me who I am yeah. today yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah he's a he's a character right? and the other thing too it was in Australia like that's kind of like I know Israel I think is New Zealand but it's yeah. kind of like you know he's in Sean Strickland is in enemy territory and right. the love he was getting and he yeah. said it after the fight he's like you guys really charged me up yeah. with all the love and screaming and you could see in the embeddeds man like that was his first time out of the country all right and, so he's got a criminal record that he had a tough time getting Australia he said too okay yeah and the way they embraced him and like like you could tell he was soaking in up that energy all yeah. week and like even in between rounds like I could yeah. tell he was getting supercharged like yeah couple like you'd, you'd see like this like more and more focus and he kept kind of like touching yeah. his head up like he was in it and i remember at the end of the start of the fifth round uh aaron and i were watching together and i was like he's not tired at all he got up early and started jumping around he, he wasn't tired at all it looked like he was just starting the fight and i was like and izzy didn't look too Crazy. good he looked overwhelmed a little frustrated a little banged up like he didn't have an answer yeah man Crazy man. Wow. And like peep again, those gym stories that people are like, Man, this guy can go another five. Yeah. Like this guy doesn't get tired. I wonder man, it's it's so tough to know what the the recipe is to and everyone's probably different, but you think about Strickland's defense and you wonder like him sparring so many times, are you just getting so many reads at such a high volume that your reaction time is so dialed in? Like you see so many low kicks, so many straight shots down the pipe that you're, cause you're sparring all the time. And so like your, his reaction time just seemed incredible. Izzy would try to throw the head kick. I don't think one of those landed. He just had them all blocked. I think he landed maybe two body kicks. The rest were all blocked. Maybe like two low kicks. The rest were all blocked. I'm like, how are you reacting so Man, I think so. I think it's just that mat time. Like, you think of a jujitsu guy like Mikey Musumeci. He's, he does jujitsu 12 hours a day. He doesn't do jujitsu six hours a day and then runs and then does the air dime and bikes and lifts weights. Like... He just rolls and guys like Strickland who just spar, you are just like fucking dialed. I think, you know? Yeah. And, but then, yeah, you hear the Max Holloway's like, I didn't spar this fight camp and he's just as good. Max Holloway's is a legend. Yeah. What's good for someone isn't good for the next guy. Yeah. You know? know? So yeah, you sure have to like, I don't know, maybe it just takes like a, like, I, I wonder if Sean Strickland has always done that, if that's a new thing he started doing. Like, he's been in the game so long, I feel like it takes a while to really develop your own, like, yeah. what you like to do. Yeah. Are you a hard spar? Do you just like to light spar? And I don't know. I just think he likes to get in there and spar, whether it's light, you know? A guy and, like him, yeah. And, like, I think I, when they were announcing, he has, like, 28 wins, 6 losses. Like, this guy's mm. had a lot yeah. of pro fights. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you said you missed the first three fights. So the first fight on the card, first round knockout. Second fight on the card, first round knockout. And both for the good guys. They were both like the Tyson Pedro is one and the other guy. Kind of like New Zealand guys, mm-hmm. fan favorites. And then the third fight, there was a guy who's out of shoot the box, who is kind of like a protege of Charles Oliveira. They're calling mm-hmm. him like the young Charles Oliveira. And um, he was a huge underdog. The other guy, like Cop, Cop, I believe his name is. Um, it was spelled like K-A-P-E, mm. but he was a big favorite to beat this guy up. I think he came up on short notice, the Brazilian shoebox guy, and man, he came to fight. Like, it was a crazy three rounds. Uh, like Decision. Go, 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 go. He lost, the shoebox guy lost decision. Oh, yeah. But he was taking shots that would have stopped other guys. Mm. He had no quit in him, and he was always pushing. It was one of those fights where, like, it was probably the fight of the night, honestly. Uh. Um and it was so funny because the guy won decision, the, the cop guy, 
and he was talking and talking and then he called out I don't remember his name but he's in Izzy's camp he's like one of those New Zealand guys apparently they were supposed to fight and then this guy pulled out like two weeks prior oh. so I think that's why the Brazilian came in I see and he's he was in the crowd so he was like talking to him and he's like and it was kind of like dragging on so it was kind of building up to what he said at the end um and I'm just gonna repeat it okay I, this oh, isn't yeah. coming from me but I'm just gonna repeat it but he's like you know he's like you pulled out of the fight you bitched out fuck you and fuck all the guys in your camp and you know I would I'm not scared of any of the guys in your camp and I'll take you all on all of you and do you know why that is do you know why because you're all faggots. Oh, and then, no. Then Daniel Cormier grabbed the mic. Oh, I did. And see walked that. away. So He's like, the, okay. Because I, <laughs> I saw that little clip, but I just saw that. I didn't know that he had like a build up to that. I thought he just grabbed the mic and started yeah. just fucking dropping the F bomb. Like, God damn. You know, you know when a guy's talking and it's kind of like, okay, wrap it right. up. And then at the end, he's like, and do you know why? Because you're all faggots. <laughs> And I was like, hey, bro, this isn't Dude, 2001. I wonder, yeah, it's like, I wonder what, what, <laughs> oh, like, clearly, that's got to be thought out, right? Like, do you just, do you just end the fight and think, like, I'm going to say this? Or did it seem like it was, It like, seemed like it was off the rip. Oh, yeah. It seemed like he was basically, like, look, you're pussy, all your campus pussies, you guys are all the life. same, you're not real fighters, yeah. you're all fill wow. in the blank. Damn, man. <laughs> it was that's, so funny. Man. He got his viral moment. And he didn't sure. say it in like an angry way. It was just like, you. I was like, oh, that's just how he talks, right. you know? It's like how but, how the u- word used to be like thrown around. Like it's just like a yeah. goof, you know? Yeah, you'd hear it in like 50 Cent's old songs. Yeah, but like yeah. now it's like, you don't say that word. Right. I just saw 50 Cent was performing like the, the past weekend. Really? Yeah, Liam, Liam Patey I saw was filming. Oh, it. really? Like, man, like, he's still like performing. <laughs> yeah, so he was funny. performing like a really like famous song. It was like crazy in the yeah. club. Yeah, it wasn't that one, but it was like, yeah, like not, not Pimp My or not, um, I forget what song it was, but it was like one of those like old school bangers. Yeah. I'm like, man, he's, yeah. he's what is he, 50? 50 man, Get Rich or Die Trying is a dope album. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so just since we're on this topic, did you see any highlights from uh, Jorge Masvidal's like game no, red boxing? I, I just saw that Verdum fought um, Junior Dos Santos. Yeah. I watched a little bit of okay. it, but I, yeah, I didn't see much. What do you think about that bare knuckle MMA? It's wild, it's man. Pretty cool, man. It's cool, yeah. Like I like that there's just so many options to like watch fights now. Like in between some of the ads, I would just YouTube shit, and I'm like, yeah. fuck, it's just endless. Yeah. You watch like Boss Rutten's karate uh, highlight yeah. knockouts. Game breads, bare knuckle shit, one championship's one. always there. Man, Mighty Mouse. So, I, I gotta say, I was inspired this last week because Jane and Char, they went and competed at World's Masters Jiu-Jitsu, both at Brown Belt, both medaled. Pretty cool to see. They're, they're out in Vegas doing that. Yeah, that's cool because that's high-level shit where, like, Mighty Mouse was there too, eh? Same yeah, thing. so Mighty Mouse decided to get in the gi and compete. And so he competed at Brown Belt. I think he had, like, 32 guys in his division. And he ended up winning. He had like six matches or something. He's world champ at Brown That's Belt. That's crazy, man. And I watched like a 25-minute flow grappling like vlog on, on it. And um, man, it was super cool to see because here's this guy who's regarded as the GOAT, one of the GOATs in MMA, like best pound for pound across organizations. And um, just to see how different the experience was of like a gi jiu-jitsu tournament. And I like that he like... Because, you know, you've been hearing a lot of things over the last few years of like, oh, the gi is dying and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all in no gi these, these days. But it's cool every now and then you see like people bring bring the love back. And after he won, he had like a pretty cool speech. And I watched his matches like they were battles. Like he, he only had one sub. The rest were like decision wins. Wow. But um, just like crazy, like fast pace. And, of course. And he was just talking. He's like, you know, he's like. I'm not a big nogi guy. He's like, it's all like foot locks and heel hooks these days. And, and I, and I kind of agree with that. Like it, for, for competition jujitsu, like it, it is effective, you know, like the heel hooks, the toe holds, the foot locks, all this shit. But in like a real combat situation, you could get smashed or yeah. a lot of it, they slap hands, they both sit on their butts and they start grabbing at ankles. It's a lot riskier with the punches and the strikes. Yeah. And you know, like it's respectful. It's, it's, it's their legit techniques there's nothing wrong with it but that's the one thing about the gi is it's it's not really like that like right. it's not a lot of the turning you know like uh, knee manipulation and that sort of thing so he's like i'm not a big nogi guy i like the gi and he's like he's like i was nervous man he's like in mma you know who you're fighting he's like today i didn't know who i was competing against 
after I won that match, there's another body, a whole different style. Like you can't game plan for this. And he's like, the gi poses so many problems because in no gi, you can just like almost slip through shit sometimes. And in the gi, you have to like technically figure out ways to, you know, get through these problems that the gi poses. And he just kind of said like, you know, I'm going to keep training the gi forever. He's like, you know, I'm really motivated about doing this more. And he, um, yeah, it was just a cool, cool. It was a cool... You sure have to have, like, a pretty high fight IQ doing, like, a, a you know, like, let's say Mighty Mouse is at that top level fighting, like, or going against six different people in a jiu-jitsu match. It's like your your fight IQ or match IQ has to be pretty high because you have to, like, adapt real quick to, like, what that person's giving you, how mm-hmm. strong they are, how much yeah. energy they have, Yeah, you know? And that tournament style is something else because, like, you know, you go hard and then you're done your match and then you have to, like prep up again and it's like it's kind of a beast you know yeah and it's it's a grind like you could tell he was like man like this was like hard work uh-huh. just like conditioning wise and stuff yeah but um I'll, we'll yeah. get into more jujitsu talk but i want to um first say something what gopis gopis gary Kopis. gary Kopis. <laughs> <laughs> when you blend two words together <laughs> shit um he posted something on his instagram that i actually really liked and i don't know if it was him or just his actual club i don't know who runs the social media but anyway it was from Copus Boxing in Saskatoon, and he shared this thing. It was like, um, you know, it's it's back to school, um, and it was basically like kids going back to school. Just a reminder that martial artists are meant to be like protectors. So it's like if you're, and it was kind of like about mm, kids bullying. and students. Yeah, and it was about like if you see someone getting bullied, like make sure you voice, you, you, you're you there, you're helping the person that seems like the victim. If somebody looks like they're really scared, you know, maybe it's a new school, they're sitting by themselves, it's your job to go sit by them. Like you almost have to hold yourself as like a better standard because yeah. you're the one that's physically capable. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of help people that might be struggling, that might be seem a little bit weak, might be a little more vulnerable. And I kind of just like, like that reminder of like martial artists are kind of like, I don't know, it's almost like your duty to be a little bit protective. Yeah, and I, I like that. I do too. It's just like a cool reminder. And I didn't even think about this as until I was talking just the other day. I was walking by our condos and I heard like some nasty yelling, like some domestic shit going on. Yeah. And I kind of just sat there for a while because I'm like, hey, if something gets out of hand, I'm banging on the door. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck is. It was like getting to that point where wow. they're yelling like some nasty shit. Like you hear doors slamming and I'm kind of just hanging out there because I'm like, look, if somebody's going to get in trouble, like I'm the guy to fucking help out. Yeah. Like, I don't know who else is in this condo. Like they might not be as capable. Yeah. I got to fucking do something. Yeah. And so there's that moment. Then another moment I remember by motion fitness, I was getting into my car after I had just worked out and I see a girl walking to her vehicle and I see a guy like walking closely behind her, kind of like a little bit faster, like he's gaining on her. And he looked a little, he had a hood on, like he looked pretty shady. And I was like just pulling away and I kind of saw it and I quickly like slammed on my brakes and I was like, I'm just going to wait till this girl gets in her car and, and like drives away. Yeah. Cause I was like, I just felt like this, uh, instant duty to be like, I have to just sit here and just wait. I don't know. What if she gets fucking jumped and I just drove away. So I just like sat there, but I, yeah, Gary Copas's comment on that. Just, it's like a reminder of like, man, if you see some shit, even though it's scary, it's probably more scary for the person that's not trained at all. We're used to a little bit of physical conflict. We're kind of used to somebody grabbing us, used to getting hit. You almost just have to be like, fuck, I'm going to throw myself into the fray here and just like try to help out. I think to an extent you have a bit of a responsibility. It's almost like if you're on a flight and somebody passes out, where's the doctor? And it's like, if you have a doctor, you're actually legally responsible to like step up, you know? Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, if you're a trained fighter or even just whatever, a pretty, you know, accomplished martial artist, like step up, take responsibility, duty, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and, and then going back to the jujitsu, I, I was listening to that podcast you sent me with Henner and Jocko. Okay. I haven't finished it yet because it's like four it's hours long. long. It's long. But it's good. It's good. But he, he said that I really liked the kind of anti-bullying thing and, and specifically like the role-playing part. Yeah. And yeah, he, yeah. he kind of joked because he's like, I know it's like a little silly to like for full-grown men to like kind of talk about what we're doing with the kids because like um, he would have his kids in his class role-play like let's say a kid walks in and then a bully starts to like 
like, you know, call them fat or a dork or just like insult something about them that would be hurtful. And then he gets another kid to step up and say, hey, if you have a problem with him, you have a problem with me. Mm-hmm. And so now the bully's seeing like two problems. And now he's like, oh, these guys are actually like looking me in the eye. They have the confidence to stand their ground. Yeah. They don't look like victims anymore. I'm just going to back away. Yeah. So he's like literally just teaching these kids to be like, look, just have a voice. Look yeah. them in the eye. Have the confidence to like get your your buddy's back and you know that's yeah. that's what you got to do otherwise 100%. you guys are gonna get you know tuned up by the bully yeah but it was like a really cool thing that he's like teaching them at a young age i'm like yeah, that's man. powerful shit and then the one the one mother had the the instance where it happened yeah her, her her kid was like getting bullied or something and he like stood up for himself or another friend stood up for himself and then we had the friend that stood up to him started getting bullied and so the initial bully actually stood up for him and then the bully backed off yeah but the mom was like oh my god my kid has a voice now yeah like she's like she even said to henry she's like i gained 70 pounds over the past year because i've been so stressed out that like um my kid's just getting messed with and can't stick up for himself yeah and now here he is at a young age being like, hey, motherfucker, you got a problem with him. You got a problem yeah. with me. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. It's interesting. And that role play stuff, I think, is important, you know, yeah. because. Especially at a young age. Yeah. And it was cool what he's doing for, like, some of these women, too, of, like, yeah. if a guy's approaching you, like, look him in the eyes and say with a confident voice, like, don't take a step closer. Right. Oh, you and I, I love the honesty about that conversation. I actually have it written down. 210-pound man versus 110-pound woman. And, and Henry was like, I'll be honest, like, are, does it, do I think that a 110 pound woman who's, who's trained in jiu-jitsu is going to defend a 210 pound man? Like, maybe not. Yeah. Like you might still be in some serious trouble, but then he's like, but that nine seconds of survival, that extra 10 seconds, extra 15 seconds of you kicking and screaming and tripping him up and making it really hard for him while you're screaming and getting attention could save your life. Exactly. That could be the the gap between you getting pulled into a van or not. Exactly. So he's like literally like a, if you have zero training, no confidence, you're probably going to get grabbed, tossed into that van. If, if you've been training jujitsu and you're a little more comfortable and we kind of like teach you how to like make eye contact, scream, like just assert yeah. yourself, big like back up. And then if he's like, if he keeps stepping up, your, your escalation goes th- um, times three. Yeah. You fucking yell, you get nasty, you trip, you kick, you know, you do whatever yeah. you can. But he's like, we're talking seconds here yeah. from survival. Like that could make the difference. And yeah. I like that point. Yeah. You know? Instead of him getting you in the van in five seconds, it's at 14 seconds you're fighting off. And then a bystander sees this, yeah. comes and helps and the guy fucks off. Yeah. It's like, that's what it's about. It's yeah. not like you're going to like arm bar this 210 pound guy and like right. break his arm and stand over him. Yeah. Like that was a very realistic conversation where I was like, man, that's powerful. Yeah. I like that. And he was talking about like how, if there's like a, an altercation or a fight, like let's say, um, like some kids in school, like one's maybe the smaller victim getting bullied and like nobody really wins. He's like, ask Jocko, he's like, who wins in that fight? And I think Jocko's like, I, I, I don't know. He's like, the little guy, the victim. Mm-hmm. If nobody wins, the victim wins. Because he didn't get smashed by the person that you thought was going to smash you. Yeah. You survived. Yeah. And he's like, I think we're forgetting that jujitsu is meant to help us survive from like a bigger attack. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Really good conversation. Man, Henry's so, so brilliant to listen to. Yeah. He's so brilliant to listen Very to. salesy, but he, he yeah. can't shut it off. I just think that's how it's, it's, it's he, that's just how he talks. Yeah. Man. And you can tell because when you listen to... I hope this chair isn't so squeaky. I feel like I'm fucking making so much noise while I'm talking. Do you know what? It's the same one we use downstairs, but... Okay, whatever. I just... You know me talking right there. I'm like, man, I'm making a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. My bad. I'll grab a different chair next time. Um, Yeah, just on the jujitsu talk for the last... For the last little bit. So we had this seminar yesterday. Yeah. Fifth degree black belt, Eddie Kadena, Eddie Kadena, however you say his name, came out from Vancouver and really good um man it's something hey like when you do whether it's a kickboxing seminar or jujitsu that three hour slow pace it's a different kind of like exhaustion hey? for sure like you're yeah. slowly working but you're like sweating constantly it's like three, three hours. hours of zone two cardio yeah man that's what it reminds me yeah of. yeah because like i was wearing we weren't working that hard but like i was wearing a full rash guard suit underneath my gi and like my gi was drenched by the end uh. of it and same with everybody's but um it was, it was cool. I got some time to talk to Eddie after and we were just talking about competing because he, he plans to do more competing. And um, I haven't competed since last July. So it's been over a year now. And in that year, you know, like I got on the creatine a little bit. Not that that's doing a lot, but I've just been really enjoying like 
lifting heavy and when I lift heavy and not that heavy, but when I lift heavy, I like, I only like to lift heavy if I'm eating lots and like, I love that. Not like I'm in bulk season, but like, I love the lifestyle of just eating whatever I want. I still eat clean for the most part, but I love eating a lot and like working hard, you know? Yeah. And, um, like I'm, I stepped on the scale before you came here. Like I'm like 179 Mm. right now. So I've definitely put on like 10 pounds, maybe even like five to 10 pounds depending, but I just kind of like being at this weight a little more. Yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, cause I asked him what he competes at and he was, I always compete at lightweight. So lightweight in jujitsu is you weigh 168 with a gi on and the gi is, let's say four pounds. So I would need to be about 164. Right. And knowing me, I like to play it safe. So I'm usually down to like 162, 163 just to be safe. But um, it's not like MMA. You weigh in the same day of. That's that's 15 pounds difference from where I'm, I'm at right now. You know, yeah. and you don't want to drop all all that just for yeah. And like I I don't do the the dehydration. Well, that's what I was gonna say because it's not like you're gonna cut that and then put it back on. It's like to make that you'd have to like naturally get there, yeah. and then it's like all your I don't know maybe gains. Exactly. Or it's like you kind of lose it. E- exactly. You know, and that's kind of where I'm at, and I can get there again, and it basically just takes like in the last couple of weeks before competing, like turning the cardio up a little and like starting to watch my diet. Yeah. And then in like four or five days before the the weigh in, like really kind of cutting the calories down. But I'd almost rather like, I'm at like naturally where I'm at right now would be perfect. I'd be right on weight for the middleweight division right now, right. which is like 180, with a gi on. So like, you know, 178 ish. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost thinking of like stepping up a weight class here. Nice. And, you know, it's like, yeah, the guys are going to be a little stronger, but it's, it's the trade off. Yeah. You might have more energy and strength at that weight class versus you cutting, like doing it at close to that 160 mark. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, like it's why people cut weight. Like I always liked, I've always felt strong at lightweight. I was like, there's no way this guy's going to be stronger than me. I might right. not win. He might be better technically, but like I always felt I had that little strength advantage. Yeah. And, um, cause I'm, I'm kind of tall for that weight class too. So I felt like a little big and, <clears throat> um, but you know, I think maybe that's where some of the anxiety of competing comes from is like, okay, it's a big event. I got to lose all this weight now right. and like diet and if I can just like live my lifestyle and like eat burgers all the time and shit and show up and, and just compete. show up and compete, like yeah. it might, it might be the, the time to do that. So, um, and I can I'm, even steer some of the focus on like technical aspects and less of like, Oh, I'm exactly. a bigger guy in this division. I'm going to beat these fuckers with like more hundred percent relying on my athleticism as opposed to like being better. Right. And, um, you know, let's be honest too, like with age and stuff, like I'm probably, if I keep lifting, like I'm not going to just naturally get lighter. Like I'm probably right. going to be more of like a 180 kind of a guy. Yeah. So I just think, I don't know, it kind of excites me. So I'm, I kind of have that on my focus for like the next, next time. So nice. We'll see. Yeah. It's we'll still yeah. nice to comp- Yeah. It was cool watching Jane. I don't even watch jujitsu, but I was telling you, I was, I watched Jane's match, two of them. Um, <laughs> I think, I think right when I started watching, like Casey had it live and his enthusiasm just kind of lured me in. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> it's exciting, man. Like I just felt like Casey was so in it. So I just felt like I was so, yeah, in it. yeah. you know, it was kind of cool. It's Casey's fun to, such like, a beauty. Yeah, he is. Um, so I, I, uh, speaking of like, uh, lifting and like putting on a bit of weight, I, I got these jerseys from Ethan. Um, I got XL from Thailand. Okay. He's back now. Yeah. He's back. He got back on Friday. I think he showed up to 6am class. Yeah. I think he, sh- he got he got there at like 1 a.m. at the at the airport and just didn't sleep and just showed up to class. It's like a, what do you say, a 30-hour trip home? 30 or 60 with like some of the layoffs. Jesus. Like I think he had to stay in like airports and like, yeah. anyway, he got back and yeah, he, so he gave me these jerseys and they're like a little big, but I'm just like a same thing where I'm like, I'm not getting any younger. I'm probably naturally going to like continue just thickening out. I, I want to yeah. keep lifting. Yeah. So I'll just fill them out. But it was funny. I asked him how Thailand was and one of the first things he says is just how cool it is to like go. Um, and I forget which spot he was in, but it was where like tiger Muay Thai is kind of the, the head tiger yeah, Muay Thai gym. Or no? Yeah. But yeah. Um, is that where it is? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, it's like a street where it's just like, um, it's almost like the fringe festival where there's like food trucks everywhere, yeah. but it's like all Muay Thai shit. It's oh, like okay. high level Muay Thai gyms everywhere. Top yeah. level fighters, the people you see at one fighting in the UFC, like all these like high level guys. And then there's stores everywhere, like Muay Thai gear. And then, so yeah, he said Muay Thai gyms, Muay Thai stores, 
steroid shops. Really? Yeah. Damn. He said everywhere. There's a pharmacy. You walk. They literally have signs on the front being like, boost your testosterone, like come talk to a pharmacist. And he's just like, man, it's fucking like everywhere there. Damn. Kind of crazy, hey? Like that you're, the, the culture you live in, like yeah. really, it's just there. You can literally talk to a, 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 like a pharmacist and be like, what's the best stack I can take? What do I, you know? Yeah. And they're, ju- they're just like, yeah, take here. Here you go. Yeah. It's just like nothing. Too it's much. like going to a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's nuts. That's man. crazy. It's just a different culture, here, different you, world. Yeah, like, he, around here, I think you have to, like, Google specific doctors that are open to testosterone therapy and, like, do tests. Like, you got to fucking, you know, yeah. convince them that you need it there. I think you just walk in and be like, I just want to get jacked. And he's like, I got you. Yeah, say less. <laughs> yeah, say less. <laughs> do you know what? Say less, gain more. So, yeah. So, this is kind of interesting. There's a... T- there's a podcast title a eh? say less gain more yeah 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 um the, i don't know too much about that stuff like quite truthfully but um i watched this little video it's last like you're you're on steroids <laughs> you're just one of those fake natties <laughs> yeah. it's like i don't know much about this shit yeah. like you know it's like just, what i hear it's like overemphasizing how little i know <laughs> yeah. about it um but I, I ended up i was on a youtube rabbit hole last week and i ended up watching this video is about growth hormone and it was about like it was like titled like what happened to conor mcgregor over the last two years uh, and because like he got that do you notice face. his face oh looks yeah different? of course and people were like oh did he get plastic surgery i'm like no but anyways this whole video is breaking down like how conor was in 2021 and then after that leg break yeah you know there's a lot of talk that he got on growth hormone because it helps bones heal and that yeah. sort of thing but like man his hands, his face, his jaw, he looks like a different guy now. Yeah. And apparently growth hormone particularly is something that um, has those effects. Like it makes your face big, your head wide. I've it heard makes it your even skin ma- a little pinker. Mm, I've heard it can even like grow your organs. Like I feel like it's like an overall growth thing. I just, maybe it, it makes I, sense. I don't know if it's an over, like it hits everything or maybe it targets certain things or mm-hmm. some people have maybe different reactions, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got it in the face. And like, you look at his head and you're like, God damn, are you a heavyweight? Like just thick. Man. Yeah. Like thick, like, like, uh, like inflamed almost. Yeah. And like, I don't think it looks good. Like, I don't no. think it's like, fuck, he looks way sweeter now. For it's sure. almost like you look older and like you've been like boozing and like yeah. you just like have inflammation. Yeah. And um, crazy, eh? like Zach Efron is doing this movie where he's playing right. this like wrestler based on a true story. And people are like, it's the same thing Zach Efron is on this growth mm-hmm. hormone. And like, there's some pictures I'll show you after, but like the way his jaw is shaped now and his face, oh. it's like, man, like this isn't natural. Like yeah. you look like it doesn't look good. Yeah. It's messed up. Man. It is messed up. I actually saw a video of Michael Bisping talking. He was like calling Vitor Belfort, like a total scumbag piece of shit, like scum of the earth. Like he was a pretty like nasty. If anybody gets to talk shit about Vitor, it's Michael Bisping, the guy that got his eye lost from him. Exactly. From a guy that was on steroids who fucking wheel kicked his head off and took his eye out. (laughs) So like now Michael Bisping has a permanent like glass eyeball that he can just plop out whenever he wants. And again, again, like I, like, does Vitor Belfort land that without steroids? Do you have the speed and the athleticism at the age that he was at when he fought Bisping? Probably not. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, at that age, when he, you've had such a long career and you're on that shit, that's why I feel like doing that in a combative sport, it, it, it's, it's like, you got to, like, I don't know, the crimes have to be more almost. Either let everyone do it, or you have to be like, I don't know. I don't know how you stop that. But it's like when shit like that happens, like, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Like I fought Fuck a cheater yeah. and I'm literally missing an eyeball. He didn't, not a, he didn't hit a ball farther than me. He took my head off. Like, yeah, harder. man. Yeah. And yeah. so, and he was just lighting, lighting everybody up at that. When it was like, do you prime. remember that? Do you remember like when we were watching fights around that time when he like shaved his yeah. head and we're like, bro, what got into Vitor? Yeah, this is man. like the new era. This guy's a killer. Before Usada too. I don't think Usada was. No, that was before that. Usada. For sure. And I remember being like, bro, whatever this guy's doing, like yeah. this is the new fighter right here. I think even him and then even Alistair Overeem, Uberim came around yeah. that time too. Where oh, you just yeah. were seeing certain guys where you're like, hey man, like it's super obvious that yeah. you're on steroids, yeah. but nobody's saying shit. Yeah. You know? Speaking of that real quick. I don't know if you've seen the promo last night on the fights, but um, the next big fight card late August is Charles Oliveira against yeah. Islam and then Paula Costa against uh, 
Chimaev. Chimaev. That's a good fight. That's a fun fight. That's a really that fight, fight revs me up. I'm yeah. like, okay, let's fucking go. That's exciting. Like, yeah. I think, I think Chimaev is going to fuck him up, but hey, apparently nobody knows anything about yeah. MMA now because anything <laughs> could happen. It's going to be a big martial art podcast. But did you see Bradley Martin wrestling with Brian Callen? Yeah, you sent me that. Oh, did I send you that? Yeah. I was like, bro, that's a, and a lot of the comments were saying it too. Like, this is a good eye opener. Because like, even though obviously Bradley took him down and smushed him eventually, it wasn't that easy. Fuck no. And he got swept with some butterfly sleep sweeps by a fucking 56 year old man who maybe has a blue belt. Mighty Mouse is a world champion. <laughs> Allegedly has a blue belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, that's coming from, yeah, like, a again, 56-year-old man who wasn't Who's warmed up. probably 160, 165. Yeah. And so Mighty Mouse is smaller than Brian Callen, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's a former UFC champion, uh, of the current one championship uh, champion and the brown belt in, at yeah. Worlds champion. And he's going to go, I think he's going to cream fuck or smoke uh, Bradley Martin. Well, and, and he, here's the thing. Just sounds like a gay just, porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just going to cream him. <laughs> just going to cream pile. I went to a festival called cream fields once and i'm just like man, it just sounds like just a gay fast eh? um so funny man like <clears throat> of course bradley martin is a little dangerous because he's 265 yeah. or whatever and he's athletic too he's, like, athletic. he's not just a big dumb over. yeah he's athletic and he's, he's done a little bit of wrestling and like some of these guys in this new era have proven that like you know the paul brothers like you can train a little bit be athletic and you can like do well against some fighters but it, it kind of just pisses me off with the bradley martin thing a little because of the delusion like he doesn't quite get it man it's like he's strong he's so good at picking up heavy objects and setting them down and like getting a pump but like man without technique what are you gonna do like he's 260 though brother <laughs> yeah I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. The chess one was the funniest, man. Yeah. So like, good. Yeah. But um, here's the thing. Like, when these guys challenge, like, real fighters to grappling matches or something, it's like, okay, you might be able to, like, lay on top and pin, but, like, you you don't even know how to do a guillotine choke. You don't know how to do a rear naked. Like, what's your plan to, he like, might tap the guy yeah. He might crush his rib cage. Like if if he does get a bear hug and and tilt him this way and gets him on the ground, I feel like that's his best chance to squeeze the fuck. Just like get a body lock and squeeze and and pull over. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's a huge size difference with him and Mighty Mouse. Massive. But like he doesn't have any technique, so I don't know where this confidence coming from. Like when he's, I think a lot of it is trolling. Yeah. He is a bit of a troll. Have you ever seen the video of him rolling with a big brown belt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 this. week that's a bit of an eye-opener where i'm like okay he doesn't look that bad he didn't get totally dismantled like he got whooped but again that's a that's a big brown belt i might have seen a biased video towards the brown belt then because the one i watched they just like dummied with him huh but i don't like it wasn't like easy it was like okay this guy's a handful but yeah like like, the guy did win but i remember being like okay well it's not like that was in total destruction like bradley martin i think like fucking smushed the guy's head at one point and like kind of yeah yeah i feel like there was like a little bit of like struggle so i'm like okay that's a that's a big brown belt well and that's the thing too like okay i'm a brown belt i weigh whatever 175 say um if a big athletic dude comes into the gym who's like 220 and like he's a white belt, he's never really trained, like we might roll for five minutes. I might not tap him. I'll be struggling. Yeah. It's not like I'm just going to fuck this guy up. Right. Well, so that's like, the thing. What's the rule set? How long is it? Like, yeah. do, is it like submission only? Yeah. Does Bradley just have to survive? Yeah. Like, you know? Mighty Mouse is so fast. He's fast. But yeah, it, it, it's intriguing because it's like the size difference is so extreme that it's like, okay, like it's not going to be just a cakewalk yeah. for Mighty Mouse yeah. because even... Like, he can't even get a body lock around oh, exactly. this guy. And, like, how's he going to, like... If he tries to armbar him, Bradley might, like, just pick him up. You yeah. Know? Like, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I like videos like that. There's actually the guy, he's 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 got a really, like, fun energy to him. He's a 200-pound boxer. I, th- I think he's a pro boxer. Okay. Um, big, strong-looking dude. And he's, like, he's just, like, going around, like trying other martial arts like certain things like getting low kicked for the first time i think i know who you're talking about and he goes against this hundred and like fifty pound jujitsu guy 
and the this this guy this big boxer is looking at the camera being like this is real he's like this is my first time ever doing jujitsu and he's like and he's like looking at this guy and he's like well, how much do you weigh and the guy's like 150 he's like i'm 200 he's like i really don't think you can tap me and they like do a little slap bump and you see the boxer kind of smiling having his hands up and the guy just ducks under his elbows and just sneaks around to the back takes his back and just chokes the guy within i think like t- maybe 12 seconds <laughs> and the boxer gets up laughing being like bro what the fuck he's like that was real he's yeah. like i was tr- i was trying i might have even seen that yeah, yeah but it's cool i was like i like those videos do you know what i've been watching lately i've i always get into like random things like i remember a couple years ago i got into like big wave surfing videos yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's like a month where i was just like obsessed with this new thing or let me ask you this first extreme sports what what do you think the most terrifying extreme sport would be whether it's like motocross um, the bait, the thing where they jumping. fly with the squirrel suits okay. and they go through buildings. That's, okay. that's a pretty scary. Uh, let me think though. That was yeah. just a quick answer. Let me think. Extreme Don't sports. Judge me. What do you think? You subjectively, personally yeah, would yeah. be like, no, thank you. Um, I, I feel like I would almost, yeah, I don't, I'd almost do the base jumping one before I would do a big surf wave just cause it's the ocean. There's a lot of elements yeah. of the ocean, man. That scares the shit out of or me. Or like snowboarding in the mountains in the back country. That I could do because I've snowboarded before. Yeah. I am yeah. like, that's a little more relatable yeah. to me. Like motocross is terrifying. Yeah. Like launching like a hundred feet in the air with a fucking motorcycle. Like that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. I don't know, man. They're all like some lunatic shit to me. Okay. I got into free diving. Which is fucking crazy. So what they do, they're in the ocean. They have like a cable, like a cord that goes down. So Oh, I mean, yeah, I've seen some of this. Free diving, the world That's record crazy. is 122 meters, which is 400 feet. So it's like you hold your breath and for four minutes. So two minutes down, basically two minutes up. But these people, there's actually a documentary on Netflix about it. And I watched oh, it and like my hands are sweating, but... They almost do this like Wim Hof type of breathing at the surface and they're doing like a countdown and then it's time they like go upside down and they just go straight down and they're like pulling like on the rope and then they get to a point where they're just like, they just basically torpedo and they're just going straight down and like for the first whatever, 10 meters, you know, 15 meters, there's like safeties, there's people floating watching and then it gets to a point where it just starts going from blue to dark blue to like black. And they're just going like this straight, straight down where all the safeties are passed. And you know, you can do the Wim Hof breathing. You can hold your breath for a long time. Like I've held my breath over three minutes a few times yeah. in my life. Um, Which is rank actually. And that's on an exhale too. That's the wild thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've done it. I've done it maybe once or twice over three minutes. I forget, yeah. but I remember doing it where I'm like, what the fuck? Three minutes yeah. is a long time. Man. I can barely get over two minutes now. I don't know what happened yeah. with the quality of my breaths, but I'm struggling. There's a thing where it was like, test your lungs out. It was like a um, 10, like um, there was like t- 10 cycles and it kind of like walks you through if you have like good lungs or mm, not. Interesting. So like on the, like, I feel like average people's lungs suck ass yeah like they, it did this i was i was like kind of crunched up on the couch like just like chilling and i just was scrolling like in an addict and i saw this post it was like test your lung thing so i click on it and it's just like hold your breath and i kind of like quickly did it because it just like i've kind of fucked up the count but i just it wasn't even really like in a good position to do it wasn't thinking about yeah. it that much and i held my breath and it was like on the cycle, like the third cycle, it was like, here's your, like average. And I'm like, oh my God, like that's brutal. And then it went to like five and it was like, this is, this, this means you have good lungs. And then I just went to 10 and I was like, oh fucking, I don't know how accurate that thing was, yeah. but I'm like, man, you suck if you stopped it too. Damn. Like you must be, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> who stops it too, but I'd like to see that. Well, and I mean like the lungs and the diaphragm, like you have to work it out. Yeah. If you don't like push it, it's not going to expand like right. it would. It's a muscle but... like you got to flex. Exactly. But anyways, we can all, you know, do these techniques to like hold our breath. But when you're that deep, there's no margin for error. You can't be like, okay, it wasn't a good breath. I need a gulp of air. It's like, oh no, you got to turn around and go all the way People up. People die doing that shit, man. Especially the on the time. way up because it's one thing to get down yeah. to the mark, but to get up is like, you got to do it again. Well, and here's the thing. So they go down, it's black and they're just free falling like a torpedo. And then like, maybe they're trying to set a record and they'll, they'll kind of hit the bottom of this cord where they like grab a flag and then they'll turn around and come back up and they're like pulling on the rope like this and like, and then it gets, you know, they're swimming up slowly, slowly. And, um, what happens a lot of the time is they're getting like close. Like maybe they're like, 
you know, 10 meters, five meters. And the people are like watching them closely and they're literally dude, like 10, 15 feet from the surface. And they'll just like black out and these, these safety people go and like cover their nose and mouth and like get them to the top wow. and they come out of the surface and they're like, it looks like they're like dead. They're, they're just unconscious. And I'm just like, man, you, and they say you have to be so like, it's all about being relaxed and calm sure. and not panicking, but it's just the consequences are so dire yeah. and you can't be down that far and be like, start to panic, start to be like, Oh fuck. Like I'm going to need to breathe right away. And like watching the videos on my hands are sweating. I'm just like, man, these guys are fucked. Like, and that's what makes it an extreme sport. You know, it's like extreme consequences makes it an extreme sport. You know, it's like motocross, like that shit, like dude. And it's know? like, and you know, you, somebody could say it like for you, it's like, you get in the cage and fight. Like, that's crazy. I could never do that. So I can understand how these people get obsessed with like beating their previous depth right. and, and that they want to keep pushing themselves. But for me, just something about like the water, like, I don't know, man, it's terrifying. It is scary. fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah. Huh. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to bring up? Oh yeah. Um, books. Yeah. Uh, good books, how influential they are. I realize like how much, um, my brain can shift so easily if you pick up a good book. It's obviously the opposite if it's a bad one. Like the yeah. last two I read, shit. I think one's like a 5.9, the other one was like a 6.1 out of 10. So yeah. like awful rating. Yeah. I got a, I went for a run with Hadlin on Thursday. And at the end of the run, he like surprised me with a book and he gave me Alex Harmozy's book, $100 million leads. Okay. And um, so Hadlin's talking to me and like, yeah, maybe I won't he's doing really well from a lot of the principles from the books. I'm like, Oh sweet. I'll check it out. And I had just ordered, um, Bruce Lee's daughter. Uh, she wrote a book about Bruce Lee and all his philosophies called like be like water. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm stoked to read that, cool. but it's, it hasn't come in yet. And then I bought a Greek mythology book. So I was still waiting. So Hadlin gave it to me while I was waiting. So I'm like, Oh, I'm going to sit down and just kind of like read this book immediately. I knew it was a good book and my mind just uh, like, within two pages started shifting to more business ideas and, mm. and it hasn't really been thinking about that. I've just been doing my thing Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, Oh wow. Like that's the power of a good book. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about this shit. I didn't have any ideas cause I wasn't thinking about it in that regard. Mm. I'd, I'd be thinking about other shit that I'd be reading about, but yeah. like all of a sudden specific things that will help grow the business and like turn the needle in certain areas. I'm yeah. like, Oh wow. That's, that's why I like reading. Yeah. That's why I want to read every day because like some books suck ass. You discard them. Some books will like change the way you're operating like in an instant. There's so much to learn. Yeah, man. So yeah, I'm reading this book and I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad I found a good one because I'm just so done with trudging through dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's dope. Alex Harmozy, he's actually married to a woman who's like a hundred millionaire. Yeah. Like, well, they, they share a lot of their story and stuff. It's pretty cool. Like he yeah. kind of talks about why, like he gives his backstory of why he's able to write a book like this on advertising and on sales and finding leads. Yeah. And man, it's just incredible, like what, what he was able to do in like a short amount of time, which I won't like get into, but it's, yeah, it's a really good book called hundred million dollar leads. Hmm. I didn't even know Alex Harmozy like wrote books. I didn't even know he had a book out. Hmm. Yeah. I've I've just seen him like on lots of viral reels and that sort of thing. YouTube videos, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, and it's good too when like a business kind of book can intrigue you like that because some of them are a little dry. For sure. So it's good when you're not even necessarily like, like you're a business person in your own regard, but like right. a business book might not be appealing, but and you can read it and be like, okay, I'm in, like, yeah. let's go. And he's very simple with how he writes things. He said even at the beginning, a lot of people will mock his books because they look like a, ch- a children's book. Like it's like this big. It's Great. massive. And wow. so you like turn these pages and like, yeah, <laughs> little like, pop-ups go. Yeah. There's pictures everywhere. But he said, he's like, that's how I learned. Yeah. He's like, I think most authors, when they write about business, you're, you're talking too much. Yeah. Get to the point. Why are you writing one chapter with fucking 50 pages? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to say? Say it better. Yeah. And so he's like, I learned like a child. He's like, I want a graph. I want a little photo. And then I, <laughs> I just want the exact steps to get to there. And so like the book is structured that way where you're like, oh, this is just so easy to follow. You know, he's kind of like that with his, when he speaks to, he exactly. breaks it down for the layman or like for the 
like very basic, you yeah. know, to understand. So it's easy. That's, that's when, you know, he understands it. Yeah. And like, 100%. I think, and again, the reason he understands it is because he's done it. Yeah. Like, it's like when Rogan was talking about a lot of motivational speakers who haven't done anything. Like if you put a gun to their head and was like, how do I start a successful business? Like, like explain, explain that they can't, they can literally only say like nice fluffy words yeah. where Alex Harmozy is like, I will teach you exactly what I've done, how I marketed, how I advertise, how I get leads, just a step by step because this is my track record and he like explains it all how him and his wife became like 100 million dollars worth 100 million dollars mm-hmm. yeah it's fascinating it's interesting that's a good correlation that the more simple you can explain something the better understanding of it you have yeah okay yeah and i it's you know there's certain things that i teach in class i'm like i have such a good understanding of this and then there's some new shit with kurt big here's the curriculum with like, whack yeah. I got to really think about this. Like, yeah. how can I explain this? Like yeah. just so simply, you yeah, know, totally. and that's like where it comes to, you know, master coaches, Trevor yeah. Whitman, those types of guys. Totally. Eh? Yeah. Um, I did a little microdose the other night. Did you? Yeah. Aaron and I did too the other day. Did you like just microdose? Or? Yeah. What did you think of it? I, um, psilocybin I, we're talking about. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I felt, um, I was outside at my mom's place and I would just, I was very, um, I was actually talking to Dustin about this when we were running today. <clears throat> I felt like uh, <clears throat> bubble in my throat, really like in tune, like the wind hitting me, bugs crawling, um, the sound of the birds. Like I felt like I was just very content with sitting outside. Mm. And I just started thinking, well, like, yeah, no wonder, like, I don't know, people like to do this and be outside. Like I, Aaron and I were sitting on the bench and we were like, really like looking at all the insects it was like almost like their own ecosystem around the fire pit Mm. we saw a fire pit and then like some gravel and we're like oh like there's a caterpillar a ladybug a spider there was a cricket and we're counting all the different things that were there and like this is crazy and we weren't tripping that hard like literally we had like i don't know fucking gram maybe um and but yeah i just felt like a little more heightened to that yeah so and that that's a that kind of ties into what i'm going to say because um I agree. I think outside is key. And so on my birthday, which was July 6th, so we're talking, you know, a couple months ago, I did the first microdose I've done in a long time. And I did it thinking like, okay, I'm probably not even going to feel this. So I'm just going to like do it for my mind or like a bit of ease of anxiety, a bit of creativity, whatever, but I'm going to like have a normal day. So I took 0.4 grams um, there's different, you know, you can look what's the proper dosage for a microdose and there's different things, but 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5 is, is kind of like a small microdose. And I went to a coffee shop and it hit me like right before I got to the coffee shop where I was actually like, okay, I actually like feel this. <laughs> and I went and there was the only people in the coffee shop were two cops. Oh. So I sat at a table, like there was like one in between us. Your eyes are just dilated. <laughs> and it wasn't bad. Like you know, it's such a little amount where it's like a phone's not going to throw you off. You could talk to somebody. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And, and I started, I was just going to like look at some houses for people and do some work and just like looking at the screen. And I remember like I was standing there and like, I just took some deep breaths and looked around and the colors were like a little more vivid. And I was just like, and then I tried to like focus on like working and I was like, man, I can't do this right now. Like look at a screen and I'm like trying to find houses for buyers. I was like, and it didn't last too long. And then I just kind of, whatever, kept working. And I was like, okay, that wasn't right. Like next time I microdose, go for a walk with the dog, stretch, like do something that's not electronics, be outside, maybe do art, whatever. So I was like, okay. So then Friday, two days ago was the next time I microdosed since then. And my plan was because I, I remember reading depending on the time of day you microdose you can have a bit of a different effect mm. and i remember reading if you do it in the evening you it can like spark creativity mm. so i haven't drawn in a, in a while so i was my plan was okay i'm gonna like eat a little microdose take the dog for a walk stretch and then like get into some art maybe like get a little high too maybe mix it in smoke some weed and um i ate a cap it was 0.4 grams as well but it was a cap mm-hmm. which we know like this tend to be a little more potent and man, like I was feeling it pretty good off point four. Huh. where like, like looking at the textured ceiling, like things are moving right. looking Swirls. in the mirror, my face is kind of like breathing and I'm like, man, I'm feeling this, huh. but it wasn't a great experience. And I'll tell you why one, I ended up getting like an infection in my leg. My legs kind of swollen as of Friday evening. So 
I quickly went to the doctor, got on antibiotics, luckily, right before they closed. And so I did the psilocybin and like 20 minutes later, I took an antibiotic and then like I have this <laughs> infection in my they, body. A mess in pharmaceuticals with nature's medicine. <laughs> it's like the Lord gives you the medicine you need and you get the pharmaceutical in there. I got, they don't mix well. And you know, like, I don't know if it's just a mental thing, but like I have an infection in my body and then I'm taking these like right. anti biotics like not good yeah and then like i'm on this like beautiful like crazy you know? <laughs> yeah and um uh-huh. so why the art didn't work i thought it would i thought it was such a small dose that i could still like do art but i tried drawing i couldn't fucking do it i was like uh-huh. i'm useless wow he's you know like if you do mushrooms if you do like an actual dose like three and a half grams or oh, something your motor skills are out the window you better clear your schedule yeah you can't draw you can't do anything you, you can't better roll do, a you, joint you can't you lay around and yeah. you laugh right yeah but i was like okay 0.4 grams like it'll just spark a little something i'm gonna just get in the zone and draw i couldn't draw i tried i'm like man this is <laughs> fucked you know and i think because of the antibiotic thing and i think just me being alone because natalia's in brazil <clears throat> it was just like me and my thoughts you know and um i don't know i was just like it was just too much of like me in my head and like, okay, let's do something because I'm on mushrooms. But then I like couldn't accomplish anything because I was just like a little bit fucked up. So I was just like pacing around and like thinking. I tried to stretch a bit. Stretching was okay just to get in my body. But um, I was just like, I don't know, man. I was like, I want this to be done. Like, I just don't feel like good right now. But I kind of felt like emotions mm. and like my mind was just racing. And I was just like, you know what I wonder is like, um, like when, when we did it, just being outside like i feel like we're we're already so addicted to doing something we always think we need to be doing something yeah and i feel like the beauty with mushrooms is like what's going on in your head is the beauty and it's like you eat the mushrooms like terence mckenna would eat five grams and sit in a dark room because he knew the magic was happening here and it's like i don't need to be fidgeting i don't need to be doing anything i just want to like sit there and like let it take over yeah so i wonder if there's like a little bit of like thing like that where it's like you don't need to do anything you just fucking let the mushrooms do do its thing like it might spark an idea where like oh yeah i'm gonna go for a walk like i'm feeling that but it's like if you're like you do i'm like oh I'm, i'm like i should go do something it's like, no, maybe this is the time to not do something. Exactly. And I think I had that feeling of like, I got to do something because yeah. I'm on this and that it's going to be creative. And then right. I ended up like laying on the ground for a bit and like, just like staring at myself in the mirror, <laughs> just like <laughs> walking around my house. Yeah. Like, and I was like, really like loving my dog. I was just like, come here, Coco. Yeah. I just wanted to like cuddle her and huh. just like, but, um, but yeah, I, I like doing it with somebody. Like I just felt it was like a dark house. I was by myself and I was like, man, I need somebody to like, give me a better vibe. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I feel like it's, it's like just not doing anything is the art form exactly. with the mushrooms, you know, the best thing you can do is clear a schedule, yeah. eat the mushrooms and be like, well, let's just, just sit, sit down. There and wait. Yeah. Well, like I sit down. Aaron and I did that. And then again, like, uh, lo and behold, um, <laughs> lo and behold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we started like just noticing nature. Henry Gracie used that a lot. Oh yeah. And lo and behold. That's yeah. yeah, I could see that. Okay. So you started noticing nature. Yeah. And then you just like, that's, that's what you're doing now. It's the activity. Yeah. That's yeah. It just became that because like, I don't know, we weren't even thinking about it. We just noticed one thing and then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, this is it. Nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we sold the van and then we can wrap it up if you want. Okay. I sold well, the van. Like your van with yeah. the, with the orange. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. And it's funny. I'll just say one thing and I, I don't know if you experienced this as a realtor when like people don't know the market and they want to like list their home for just an outrageous price. Um, but what happens every time my mom goes to list like a unit, the Facebook comments are like, might want to cut that in half before even thinking about selling it for that. Um, way overpriced. Like she gets all these comments and she just loves that shit. Cause she knows she'll sell it. She yeah. knows the market better than them. That's what she, she's a hundred percent accurate so far. Exactly. Hasn't lost yet. She's never lost money on a unit. So then she just gets all these comments and then a week later it sells. And then she just likes to comment sold. And then they just, they see that it's sold. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. she just loves That's that. The shit. Yeah. It's just funny how like 
you can't listen to people sometimes. Yeah. Like my mom knows the value she puts into it. She knows the market. She's, she kind of looked at what vans are for sale, yeah. what they're going for. She knows that the ones she's selling looks way better. Hers are going to show better. Yeah. She sells the vans. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Love but it. She'll like see all these comments and she's like, yeah, fucking watch me. Yeah. And she just loves to go sold. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she like helped in like. She, she sells it at her, her place. Oh, okay. Sick. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So how does it feel to have no van? Yeah, it's whatever, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not very sentimental with that. Well, like, and you haven't even used it for months, right? So. Exactly. Yeah. I might like put a little video together just to like some of the memories and shit yeah. and post that. But yeah. She yeah. did okay on it. Like what yeah. you wanted to get. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And she sold it. Yeah. For, yeah. I won't even say. But yeah, she sold it for a good amount. Yeah. yeah. Man, people are weird on Marketplace sometimes. Yeah. Like I was going to buy an air conditioning unit cover to put when it was really hot to put over the cold bath just to mm. keep the temperature lower when the sun hits it and there was somebody it was it was only like 20 bucks so like good price the selling like a brand new it was still in the package ac cover there's some like asian one and um <clears throat> i was like hey is this for sale yes it is i was like and i i don't think i put it in a triggering way but i was like I was like, okay, great. Um, just curious why you're selling like a, a brand new one. Not like nothing wrong with that, but just like, I'm just curious. Like, did you buy an extra? Right. Like, this is awesome, you know? And she said like, well, why is there something wrong with that? And then she said one other thing that was kind of like, I could tell like she was like angry that I asked. Huh. And I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I was, it was just a genuine curious question of why you're selling a brand new. And then she just didn't respond. <laughs> and the next day, I usually don't like play around with this. I usually just leave it. But the next day I just messaged back. All I said was, do you hate money? Question mark. Because it's like, look, I want to buy this. Like, yeah, do you yeah. hate money? Right. Like, I'm just asking you a it's question. So funny. And she never responded and never it, bought it. This <laughs> might not be anything to do with her. Maybe she just, whatever. Maybe she sold it already and she didn't respond. Yeah. But I feel like, there are just some people that are constantly, and it could just be a fucking childhood thing. Everything's like an attack. Yeah. Like it's just victim. It's like you, you ask a question, you like anything that happens. I, and I think those type of people get in a lot of confrontations or a lot of like uncomfortable shit. Cause yeah. you always feel like people are like attacking you or something. Well, and I think maybe she took it as like, does this guy think I stole it? Right. Yeah. Like what's wrong with me selling it? Cause it's still in the package. Right. But I just wanted her to be like, bought it didn't fit. Right. I'd be like, okay, great. Can I pick it up tomorrow? Yeah. You know? Right. But yeah, you're right. Some people are like targets, victims. And, yeah. I don't know. And also too, sometimes with messaging, like things come off the wrong way. You read something 100%. and you're like, fuck this person when they were literally just trying to like politely ask a question. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 But, um, I had so much shit written down that we didn't cover. So I'll see you next yeah. episode. Um, we're going to go do an ice bath after the podcast. We're doing it right this time. So we're not quivering our voices and yeah. it's going to be a good it. day. Episode 119. Thanks for listening.